did this just happen? There's shit everywhere. Hello and welcome to It's Not TV, It's a Podcast. This is the show where we celebrate HBO's prestige programming with subpar commentary. With so many shows available on streaming services like HBO Max, it might be overwhelming to know what show to watch next. So we're going to go through HBO's library shows and tell you whether or not it's worth your time. I'm Nicole and along with me is David. Hello, hello. So in today's episode, we're talking about Veep, which is a comedy show from HBO, ran from 2012 to 2019, and it follows the vice president, Selena Meyer, who is played by Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Nicole, did you watch Veep when it was on? No. No, I didn't watch Veep when it was on, and I've only watched Veep now that it's been assigned to me. Did you, were you a big Seinfeld fan or a Julia Louis-Dreyfus fan? So you remember, I think it's called Syndication. When like a show is done airing or maybe it's mm-hmm. aired like a few se- seasons and then they throw it on like UPN at like seven and it plays like two yes. episodes every night. So that's how I saw Seinfeld. It was kind of just on sometimes because that was the best thing on and my mom would leave it on or whoever would leave it on. Um, so I have seen it. I have contacts for it, but I never watched it. I've never binged it. Certainly not the way that you have. Yeah, I've watched a lot of Seinfeld. The, the funny thing is, is like you say, my first exposure to Seinfeld, I, I remember vividly, was in eighth grade. And a bunch of us were talking about like shows that we watched. And I was like big on home improvement. Oh, yeah. Like that was my oh, my oh, oh. you know thing. Oh, oh, you're a big Tim Allen fan, too. Oh, yeah. Um, so I was big on home improvement. And I mentioned to my best friend at the time, Pat Williams, that I really loved home improvement. Pat's and he was not like, I'm going to listen to this. I got news for you. Pat Williams may be dead. No <gasps> one has heard from Pat Williams in years. Uh, he used to be on the crew team in high school and none of us have heard from him. So I don't know if he was killed by like a Winklevoss twin or something. I'm going to go ahead and say that the sole purpose of this podcast now is to find this man. To find Pat Williams. Pat Williams was like, I'm not really into home improvement. I really like this show called Seinfeld. And I was like, about the comedian? That's stupid. And then I watched the show Agreed. and was like, oh, no, this is yeah, this is really funny. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm stupid. I don't think so, um, David. But yeah, so I did watch Seinfeld. I didn't watch Veep like when it first started. It was mm-hmm. towards its final seasons that I jumped in. And it was one of those like, how come we're not watching Veep? Like we're big. Me and my wife are big fans of Seinfeld. We're big fans of Julie Louise Dreyfus. Uh, she was also in The New Adventures of Old Christine which was really good. So we were like, how are we not watching this show? And so we sort of caught up in time for the final season. And yeah, so I was I was really excited that we're covering this one first. So you watched just the, the pilot as part of this sort of adventure? So I watched the pilot and the final episode. Okay, you bookended it. So let's talk a little bit about how Veep came to be. So Veep was created by Armando Iannucci, uh, he wrote and directed political satires for years in England, and he had a show called In the Thick of It um, that he did back in the mid-2000s for the BBC. And it's 
very similar to, to Veep. It's a spoof on British politics. He even made a spinoff movie called In the Loop. And James Gandolfini was in it. James Gandolfini's from HBO's Sopranos. Uh, it, it won the Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. So, of course, America came calling. Uh, the producers of Arrested Development came in, and they developed an American version of In the Thick of It for ABC. And they made a pilot, and it didn't get picked up because it was kind of bad. Uh, Iannucci himself, uh, who had no involvement with this, said that, quote, it was terrible. They took the idea and chucked out all of the style. So, of course, what Iannucci did then is he negotiated with HBO to make his own adaptation of his British work, but he was going to focus it on the vice president of the United States. And that's how we get Veep. Nicole, Julie Louise Dreyfus was on this show. She won a, an Emmy for Veep. She won it six times in a row. So here's my question. Yeah. Is it because she is such a kind and wonderful lady in real life that she could act like such a freaking crazy asshole is like what's impressive because what <laughs> i mean i guess it's within comedy so like other people are doing asinine things but still yeah but i like think i think the trick with julie louise dreyfus is that she can be so fucking mean and you still kind of root for her okay like not a lot when i'm watching the pilot i'm not like oh she needs to be president but i'm watching her as the vice the vice president and I'm like, I like to see her messing with everyone. I like to see her have a comeuppance. Yes, but I also just want to see more of her. And I can't say that a lot about a whole bunch of people who play assholes. So before we move on to the next character, let me just ask you this. Because you watched it all, and I have not, in seven seasons, does Veep have a redemption arc? No. In fact, she gets worse. I think she gets worse. <laughs> okay. She has moments. Okay, so she does have moments where you feel her connect with people, but it is rare, and she moves on. Uh, there's a scene much later in the seasons where she's talking to one of her longtime campaign managers, and she has a very sweet moment with him, and then makes a crack about his weight at the end of it. And so like, it's Ugh. like two steps forward, one step back. So tell me this. Let's flex your film degree for a second here. What style of comedy is this? Oh, geez. Do they teach you that in the muffler state? They did not teach me that. I didn't go to the muffler state. I went to Penn State. <laughs> so this style of comedy is, one, it's kind of cinema verite, right? We kind of work within seeing people. It's documentary style, mockumentary style. I think an important thing to note here is that we don't have to see likable characters and we don't have to see redeemable characters. And I think that's especially true of British comedy. Um, and, and this show sticks more to that than some others. I mentioned The Office is a great comparison here. Um, the the U, the British version, the UK version of The Office, David Brent, who is their, their lead character, uh, he's a terrible human being and there is no redemption arc. He's the worst. But when we came to America... Michael Scott, who is, is sort of the American version, is not that way. He's that way for a while. But then you go, oh, well, he's really good at sales and he really cares about Pam and Jim. So I think Veep is similar to that. He, I feel like he has a redemption arc because he's not inherently mean to people, at least in the episodes I've seen. And I feel like everything that he does is like um, naive or like oblivious. 
Like he has yes. no idea that he's doing something as horrible as he's doing. Whereas Veep, Selena is mean. To follow your comparison, I think you're correct. Think of how Michael treats Toby on The Office. The, mm-hmm. the HR rep. Okay, never Him, mind. I think he, You're he, right. He is mean to, but it's only one character. But Selena Meyer, I mean, she's she's really mean to her daughter, even in the show. I think her daughter's one of the people oh she's gosh. the meanest to. Yeah, I don't meet her daughter until the second episode I watch, which is the end of the entire series. And she's, she's just so mean to her. <laughs> she's so mean to her daughter. Nicole, let's talk about your favorite character, Tony Hale. Who plays Gary? Gary. Gary is Selena's body man, which is like her like secretary, her attache, her Is that assistant. The, the official title, body man? I think that's what they refer to him as, is a body man, which sounds way cooler than I think it is. Like if I were to walk into a room and you were like, oh, look, everyone, it's David, the body man. I would strike a pose. <laughs> like I would flex whatever. I'd be looking for Chris Hemsworth. I have. Yes. Between between me and Chris Hemsworth, I do think Chris Hemsworth is more of a body man. And to be fair, I prefer Fat Thor. So it's not just about having a chiseled body to be considered a body man. So what is a body man? So it's the person that's literally like attached to Selena. His job is to literally be there for her, to hold her makeup, to hold her notes, to let her know who's around her, who's talking to her. So, you know, from the pilot, one of his main jobs is that when she goes to an event, is to tell her who's around her and to kind of say, this is great. This person knows this, this person, his daughter's named this. Yeah. So that's kind of his job as a body man is to always be attached to her and help her do these. This things. did get a laugh out of me. What did he say then? He was like, Oh, um, he's walking towards you or something. And she's like, "Yeah, I've got moving shapes covered, is... Gary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I've got large <laughs> moving shapes covered. Um, and then like he says, yeah, he goes, Oh, there's a Senator at four o'clock. And she's like, I'm not a fucking sniper. <laughs> But he he was in Arrested Development, and yes. I really like Jason Bateman's style of humor. But Arrested Development has has never struck a chord for me, and I feel like Tony Hale kind of took from that character Buster Bluth a little bit of Gary. I feel like they they might be at least a Venn diagram. Yes, I think Tony Hale does this sort of like innocence, and he has that in Arrested Development. I enjoyed the first seasons of Arrested Development a lot, and then less so the the newer seasons. But he plays Buster Bluth. My favorite line, Nicole, is in, I think it's in the pilot of Arrested Development. The family's about to get arrested on a yacht. Buster Bluth pulls up a map and he's looking for a way to escape. And he goes, okay, so I'm looking at this map and the blue part must be land, right? And it's like only Tony Hale, the actor, can kind of pull that off and make you believe it. That like his character believes that. So Anna Chlumsky. Yes. She She plays Amy. um, the only other place that I remember her, and this isn't to shortchange your career, Anna, I'm sorry, but for me, it's My Girl. Yes. Which was a very long time ago. And in its heyday, at its peak, uh, people said I looked like Vado, who's the character she played. I don't see it personally, but I think it was mostly because I would wear my hair in a ponytail and I had bangs. Did you, did you, were, were you like her at all or did you just look like her? I mostly just looked like her. I mean, I guess I was a little... I had a little bit of an attitude. She had that crush on her like teacher and she like tried to make oh. moves. Um, I wouldn't do anything like that. I'm a rule follower. Did you ever have a crush on a teacher? <laughs> so I kind of did. Yeah. So Miss Whitney, when I was in high school, was very attractive. Um, she was very nice. I had her for several classes, but I went to an all boys Catholic high school. Oh, and no. so like every guy would be like, yeah, I'm staying late here to work with Miss Whitney. And I'm like, you are failing. 
Miss Whitney doesn't, she's not going to have an affair with you. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't Dawson's Creek. So Anna Klumsky plays Selena's sarcastic chief of staff, Amy. And she got six Emmy noms for playing Amy. So she did something right. That's a lot of Emmy nominations. I mean, would I be sitting here with black ash on my face if she didn't do it right? That's correct. She is our stand-in for Kellyanne Conway in the later seasons. Speaking (laughs) of assholes, Dan, Selena's comms director. Yeah, so he's played by Reed Scott, and he's a good actor because I fucking hate him. Do you hate him? You're I supposed hate him. to. Yeah, he's a great actor. I hate he him. He nails it, though. In two he's... episodes. I only saw two episodes, and I loathed him. He's so swarmy. Is that a word? Yes. I feel like, yeah, he's swarmy. Oh, yeah, he's he's just, again, all credit to Reed Scott, who, who plays the character Dan. But I, I want to punch him so so hard in the job. face. He he did a good job. I, I think to your your point earlier, though, the funny thing is these are all like our main characters when we start. It's Selena, played by uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus. It's Tony, right, who plays Gary. Um, it's Amy. It's Dan. These are her core team, along with some other stragglers. But by the end of the series, they're kind of all enemies. And they're actually working on different teams against each other. And it's, it's pretty They always enemies. Come on. Well, that's true. It was competitive. Dog eat dog. The only person that wasn't competing with anybody was Gary. Yeah, Gary's nice. Oh, Nicole, let's not forget Jonah, who has a very small role in the pilot. Jonah is played by Timothy Simmons, who um, he starts out as a White House like lackey, like running back and forth doing errands. And then he becomes a bit of a, a villain. Well, at least in the two episodes I saw. Uh, yeah, he's an asshole and he becomes kind of like a populist candidate towards the end of the series. Very Trumpian, but like somehow worse. And I remember reading an article by the writers and the showrunners and they said one of the tricks that they had in later seasons is that yeah. current U.S. politics are so fucking crazy that they had to push characters even crazier on the show <laughs> to account for that, that they were like. The world is too crazy. Our characters aren't crazy enough anymore. Yeah. Nicole, let's talk about the pilot. Oh, yeah. The whole reason we're here. Let's do it. So the episode's called Fundraiser. Uh, and Selena Meyer, she's the Veep. Um, and her team, they're kind of incompetent. Uh, she actually says that they're incompetent. And then later in the series, at the very end, she backs this up by also calling them incompetent. So it's a running theme. Um, but she de- begins developing a pet project called Clean Jobs. And someone on her team tweets out something that's anti-plastic. Um, so a bunch of people begin getting shunned because apparently the plastics industry is a donor for like everyone she works with. Uh, Selena tries to rope in a congresswoman to help her out. Who oddly enough is played by a woman who also plays Meredith Grey's mother in Grey's Anatomy. Side note for all those Grey's Anatomy fans out there listening. I watched a few seasons of Grey's Anatomy, Nicole, but I had to stop when the girl from Knocked Up started having sex with a ghost. Oh, Denny's ghost. Denny's ghost. Yeah, she was having sex with Denny's ghost. Oh, Denny. Um, And then Selena later on fills in for the president at a fundraiser and she repeats a really bad joke using the R word that we're not going to repeat here. Absolutely. uh, And it gets her in trouble with the media. 
Um, now, her press person thinks they shouldn't worry because, heck, maybe Tom Hanks will die and the just the news cycle will move on. Why would anyone wish death on Tom Hanks? He's he is Sully. He can freaking land that plane in the Hudson. He survived on an island with a volleyball. I mean. And you're not even talking about the movie he was in. He did that in real life. Agreed. That was the original Tom reality Hanks will show. live forever. He won World War II. But what I did want to say about the R word joke is there's an actual quote that this joke was based on. I don't know why she just doesn't say I misquoted this famous quote from Shakespeare. Done. I should be the PR person for her because. Yes. Come on. This well, is an the, easy fix. The quote, Nicole, the quote is hoisted by his own petard. And obviously she says a word different than petard. But you're right. She could have easily got away with it. Um, now, while Veep is putting out this fire with the R word, um, her chief of staff, Amy, accidentally signs the wrong name on a condolence card for a congressman who just died. So she's supposed to be signing Selena's name for her, accidentally signs her own. Um, and then she has to go through a jump through a series of hoops to try and get the card back and ends up having to go on a date with Jonah, yeah. uh, the liaison from the White House, who's an asshole. Uh, Jonah's plan here, though, is rock solid. Jonah doesn't actually think Amy's going to sleep with him, <laughs> but he thinks that Amy's an eight. And if other eights see him on a date with Amy, then they may sleep yeah. with him. Jonah's a fucking asshole, but this <laughs> logic is airtight. So that's that's what happens in the first episode. I think the thing in the first episode. Yeah, a lot happens in the first one episode, one 29 minute episode. They did all this. I just they even continue when the credits are running, <laughs> which they smush the screen. I don't like the smush. Not a fan of the smush to get it all in. It's not a fan of the smush. Your poor husband. <laughs> you know, that's what my OB said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the trick here, Nicole, is with this whole episode is sort of rat-a-tat-tat. Like it's it's joke, it's insult, it's and it just flies by along with the plot moving with it. It's a lot to absorb. I know even when I was taking my show notes, like I'd be writing down the comment about a joke they made and they were three jokes or three insults later. And I'm a fast typer. I mentioned I have no social skills. <laughs> I typed a lot in high school, right? So I can type fast and I couldn't keep up. You said when you went back and watched, you picked up on things that you missed the first few viewings. Yes. Maybe it keeps it fresh for some people. It does. And Veep was funny. I watched the show. I enjoyed it. Rewatching it for this show, I found it funnier because, yeah, there was stuff I didn't get the first time around because it's so fast. We talked about Arrested Development a little bit earlier with Tony Hale. I think that's a show where when you rewatch, it's funnier because you notice more inside jokes. Yeah. One of the things Arrested Development does is they do call forwards. So in comedy, a callback is when you reference something that happened before. And the audience who has seen that episode can laugh with you. Arrested Development also would do call forwards where they'd make a joke that hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. I, I think Veep has that element, too, where, again, I enjoyed the show. I obviously, I, I watched the whole series. I binged it. But when I've gone back to it, I find it funnier because I'm like, oh, I didn't get that joke before. And it's not that yeah. they're doing these weird call forwards like Arrest Development, but it's that same aspect of I didn't catch it the first time. And so I appreciate it more the second time, but I could see how that could turn people off. So would you say that Selena is the worst fictional president? Oh, that's a good question, Nicole. Because I would. I, th I think she is. 
But so Veep does something that I think uh, House of Cards did and all shows do when they focus on the vice president, which is that, you know, immediately they have to become the president or try to be the president. You know, that's what happens because it's the second most important job in America. It's also the least most important job in America. I think I compare it to House of Cards with Kevin Spacey playing Frank Underwood. I was very excited to actually see the inner workings of like a vice president. And by like the second episode, they're like, fuck this. He's got to be president. The whip. Yeah. They took him out of being whip like so fast. I was excited to kind of get that all. And it's like, yeah. you know, by the third episode, they've got him. So I would say him plus as a person, Kevin Spacey can go fuck himself. You think Selena's the worst. So I, I think Selena was designed to be a bad representation of the office. She's definitely the worst VP, only to be followed by the character Jonah, if they had one. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's satirical, and I should agree with you on the Kevin Spacey thing, but let's do like a top three for like best president. Who's your third favorite president? Okay, so I'm going to pick one that I actually don't watch. Oh. And so I'm going to cheat a little bit. My wife watches Madam Secretary mm -hmm. with Taya Leone and uh, Keith Carradine, who I love. He played Wild Bill on Deadwood, which was on HBO. He plays the president on that show, and he's got this great deep voice, and he brings a lot of gravitas to the role. Southern? I don't think he's Southern. Conrad Dalton isn't Southern. Conrad Dalton is his name. He may He may be Southern. <laughs> um, but I think because of the actor, but whenever I watch the show, it's always a scene of like him asking her for advice and then actually listening to it. So that's why I like him as sort of like my, my, he's not my top guy. Yeah. My, my close third. I mean, my, my top three is really like the tie for one. I'll start with my Harrison Ford from Air Force One. Shout out to Ooh. Harrison. I'm really sorry for running at you at that birthday party that one time. I didn't know it was you. <laughs> you assaulted Harrison Ford. You know, I didn't mean to. I I truly did. He mean, tell I didn't you get off my party. <laughs> get off my boat. No, he didn't. How did you almost meet? You have to walk our our audience through this. Why did you attack Harrison Ford? Where were you? What happened? I didn't attack him. Didn't put words in my mouth. I was running down a dock. He was departing. I didn't know this. I only know this in hindsight. He was departing a birthday party. Via boat, via water, exit, because that's what Harrison Ford does. He exits parties <laughs> via water. And one of my coworkers was walking down the dock, and I was running to catch up with my coworker. Cut to Harrison Ford is also on the dock and thinks I'm running toward uh, him and Callista. Thinks you're a crazy fan. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not doing that. I, w I didn't even know you were there. I love you, and my heart is stopped <laughs> right now, but... <laughs> no, I was not running after you, Harrison. I'm sorry. That is one of the highlights of my life. Yes. And I, I, I hope it's one of the highlights of his. Harrison Ford will always be the best and most for everything. But I guess I can't give him my number one spot. Not for fictional president. Who's your number one then, Nicole? My number ones. Your number one. Oh, number ones. You, you couldn't split it. Number one TV fictional president. And number one movie fictional president. So I'll start with movie because I know how much you hate that he's my favorite. Bill Pullman and Independence Day. Oof. It's the best motivational speech. I even knew that when I was 12 and I had no idea what to compare it to. <sighs> yeah, Nicole, I, I disagree. I think Bill Pullman in Independence Day as the president was reckless. 
He put himself in a plane. He didn't have to be there. There's no chain of command. We're going to end up with a really idiotic head of agriculture (laughs) running our invasion against the aliens because Bill fucking Pullman had to show off and be top gun. If he would have just listened to Jeff Goldblum in the beginning, right? When in doubt, listen to Jeff Goldblum. The man is wise beyond everyone's years. (laughs) I so loved it. And I so loved him. Who's your number two? My number two is Harrison Ford. Okay. I think I think you hit it on the head. I think we actually share the same number one. I'm not sharing. I will not share him. He's just mine. Can I have him like on the weekends? No. You could have him like Monday through Friday? No. What about when he goes to Camp David? It's my camp. You, you should let me have him. You can be present on your camp when he's there, but you cannot have him. Jebediah. Yes. Barlett. Yes. My heart belongs to him. He is my beloved. He's the best TV president. He's my president, and he might be the best president there ever was. Did you watch West Wing, which is where Jebediah, Jeb Bartlett is from? Did you watch that live or did you watch it after? So I caught, so I was dating a guy. He watched it, but it was like a couple seasons in, and I watched it from where he was, and which was live TV. Well, actually, this was TiVo. We watched it on TiVo, oh. so it wasn't live like the day, but it was like within like the week of airing. So I watched it with him. And then I went back because I loved it so much and watched it from the beginning. And then I bought the like commemorative set when it, when it stopped. So I and my wife uh, went to Paris for our honeymoon and we decided to start the West Wing. And so we VPN'd in through Netflix and we binged mode uh, West Wing for the first time in France. So we were bringing a little bit of of, of America to France. So I think we're in agreement uh, that Jeb Bartlett is is the greatest president of all time. And Selena Meyer from Veep, no fucking chance. What were your favorite things about this show, about Veep? Okay, so it's very funny. Again, Selena, bad president, but it's a, a bad vice president, bad president, bad whatever role she's in at the time. She bounces back and forth a bit through the series. It's very, very funny. It's biting. When I think of HBO, what makes HBO different than regular TV? It's not TV, it's HBO. On a comedy show, it's not, you just can't have nudity, you can't have violence, right? So what really makes an HBO comedy different than an NBC or ABC comedy? And I think it's how bitter it can be. Like, it can be really dark. I really like that about the show. I know it makes it hard for folks to get into, but for me, I think that's what sets it apart and makes it HBO special is that it's so dark. What about you? I know you didn't love it, but you enjoyed parts of the pilot, right? So the cast... Being very talented, and even if I didn't love the content of the show, it was just very well put together and and acted. Yeah. So definitely props for that. And I really appreciated Tony Hale's character, Gary, mostly because he seemed really underappreciated, and that was, like, relatable for me. Do you root for the underdogs on TV shows? Do you typically... You know, I tend to, yeah. Yeah, I like the people who are have more depth and they're not, like, black and white, good or bad. But... Most of the people in the show are assholes. Is that why, like, you didn't love it? Maybe. I mean, it could be that there just wasn't a lot of depth to the characters. Gary had it, um, but it was more a naivety and um, than like really good or really bad. But he he seemed like the most well intentioned, at least in the two episodes that I saw. Nicole, one of the things I think about this show that I didn't mind, although it's a comedy, it's very funny. I think we both agree that the jokes are really good. But because you're not rooting for people because they're really kind of kind of mean, there's also really no romance arcs. Like there's romances that happen on the show. You mean sex? 
Sex. Yes, there's sex that happens on the show. Amy and Dan have kind of a flirtation, but they kind of fucking hate each other. Do you think that that hurt you getting used to this show? Is that there was nobody that you could ship or nobody that you could really like pair together and wish for? You know, I I didn't I I don't think I'm equipped for that question because I only saw the two episodes. Mm-hmm. I did feel uh, the building or budding um, chemistry between Amy and Dan, but it didn't really matter to me by the end. And the eyeliner came on and all bets were off. A spoiler alert, Dan and Amy get together, don't get together, get together, don't get together. It's like you're really not happy at any point for them, whether they're together or not. <laughs> so it's yeah. it's it's a little rough. You liked the show, but I mean, could you give them pointers? Are there some is there some room for improvement? Well, yeah, I mean, all of these folks won lots of Emmys, so they know better than me. But I think, again, I really enjoyed the show because it was funny, but I did not give a shit about the characters. Do you think it was the speed of the show, just how snappy everything was and you just didn't spend a lot of time with the characters? Oh, that's that's a good point. Yeah, I don't think anyone got a chance to shine emotionally. Mm-hmm. So if you compare it to The Office, right, which we know is another British transplant, much like this show, you look at characters and you're like, okay, Jim doesn't want to be a salesman forever. So I kind of root for Jim to get out of Dunder Mifflin, right? I root for him <laughs> to move on. Pam wants to be more than a secretary. Each of them had motivation. I think when I look at Veep, almost every single character motivation, with the exception of, of Gary, is to climb over everyone else to benefit mm-hmm. their own selfish needs. Yeah. Yeah. It just seems like everyone's goal is to fuck over everybody else. It adds to the cringy. Yeah, it does add to the cringe. Yeah, it, it adds to the cringe. You know, the, the humor was very cringy for me as like a borderline Catholic prude. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I guess that's the point of the show, as you covered earlier, is that there were really blowing things out of proportion and being very exaggerated and pushing it all the way. But I think that because of that, it just, for me, at least the crude humor mixed with also like the dog eat dog. There's just, there's no, nothing that I connected yeah. with on like an emotional level. And it moved too fast to yeah follow along even. One of the things I think is interesting here, Nicole, is when I compare Veep to another like political comedy show, sort of like Parks and Rec, for example, I find them both very funny. I've binged them both. Um, I think the main difference for me is that Leslie Nope on Parks and Rec, I'm actively rooting for, whereas Selena Meyer on Veep, I'm kind of actively Absolutely rooting against. Rooting yeah. for. And, <laughs> exactly. and it's funny when shit goes wrong. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And I think they genuinely all like each other and want their whatever they're working towards to succeed, whereas on Veep, everybody's trying to knock the other guy down to one-up them. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really true. And them caring, like I was really invested in Parks and Rec and what happened to the pit, like the pit becoming a park lasted over the course of the series. And I was really kind of weirdly invested in that because I cared about the people who cared about it. Right. Whereas like in Veep, I'm like, oh, Clean Jobs Act and and whatever these other things she comes up with. I'm like, those are just things to get us to the next joke. Right. Like, I don't I don't think any of the characters actually care about that shit. Well, right. And they don't even like she's not even invested in the actual cause. She's just looking for something to throw out on PR or whatever. But like you said, it's a vehicle for the next joke. Yeah. Yeah. For the sake of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that they use humor to signify the difference between how they feel about politics? Ooh, yeah, yeah, I do. I, so 
I think when you look at Veep, everything's mean and cutting, but it's at this like highest level of government where people have been in it for a while. Whereas when you compare it to Parks and Rec, it's local politics. Another thing when we look at this is probably like it says something about the creators. Like Iannucci obviously wrote another British satire that doesn't think all that highly of the British government. And then he makes Veep, which doesn't think all that highly of the American government. So if if I'm at a dinner party with Iannucci, I'm probably hearing him talk shit a little bit on government. But when you think about like the creators of Parks and Rec, I think they probably have like good experiences with like their HOAs and stuff, right? Like they probably know the guy that runs their HOA or local park and like has a good experience. Well, to that to that point, I would think they have a more measured experience where they've got a little bit of both because, as you say, over time, they make it there. And I guess that's just the reality of of politics in the United States. Yeah, it's a fucking bummer. And and I think Veep, Veep reflects where, where it goes. You know, maybe I don't know how to like this show because I don't have a laugh track to tell me what's funny. Oh, because it's all mean. And you're like, which part's the joke? It's Wait just so mean. Did they yeah. just joke there? Am I supposed to laugh if I think that's funny? Is there something wrong with me? It's really offensive yeah like there's a lot of offensive jokes maybe it's a show for like group viewing like bunch Uh, of people six feet apart you know covid times yeah (laughs) watching veep on the on a big blow up thing in the backyard and you're getting feedback other people are laughing and you're like okay i can laugh at this this is okay yeah i can laugh at this Would you tell, I mean, you've told me to watch it. Tell our listeners a little bit why they should watch this show. So this is, this would be my recommendation. My recommendation should be that if you're looking for a show to watch and you're looking for a comedy, watch Veep. Why not? I think it's, it's available. Julia Louis-Dreyfus is amazing. I think when you say the actress won six Emmys in a row for her performance of a character, Mm -hmm. Watch a few episodes at least, man. Give it a chance. It's, she's obviously earned it. Yeah, give it a chance. I really like Julia Louise Dreyfus. I think she put on a masterclass performance. I don't give a shit about a lot of the characters, though. If you're looking for a comedy to stream, you've got HBO Max. I would recommend Veep. It's obviously top tier acting, top tier characters, top tier producers. Mm-hmm. It's at the top of its game. If you don't like bitter and mean comedies, though. Yeah. I tell you to bail. I tell you to if skip this one. If you're prudy like me. Yeah, if you're prudy like you, would you say skip it? I, I don't think I would say skip it. I think I'd probably give him a whole preface about how I like shows like Schitt's Creek or basically shows that are like what you're talking about that ha- let us spend a little bit more time in the juice of the character, getting to know them, mm-hmm. watching them through their goods and bads and really accepting them for who they are. Whereas... In this show, I can't accept them for who they are because I don't know who they are. I don't know how they got where they yeah. are. I don't know why they're so driven to tear everybody else apart. I've seen a couple of episodes and I just didn't feel um, compelled to continue. Um, but I don't think that I would say don't watch the show. There's too many things stacked in the other direction to say like vehemently don't watch it. But I don't think I'll continue. Okay. I think that the pilot is a great barometer for how the show goes. So do you think it'd be fair to tell our audience, watch the first episode, and if you love it, you're going to love the whole series, and if you're not into it, it's probably best to bail, because they're not going to grow on you. Do you think that's like kind of a fair assessment? I do, and and I would also just like to add, like I do like crude humor, like 
Rick and Morty and Solar Opposites, but I think maybe because they're animated, they're not real to me. So I'm not holding mm. them to a standard to be um, good people because they're just cartoons. I like the illusion that the government and the people we elect are are working for the greater good of our people. I, I It's naive and it's completely untrue, but I like the idea that our, our vice president is a good person. I like the idea that <laughs> the person that holds the presidential office is. So like to have this shattered in such a way, I mean, that's probably why I liked West Wing because, you know, they really showed both sides, but it wasn't petty shit even in the reality that we're experiencing. Yeah. In the past four years, so. I think I know the answer to this, Nicole, but let's <laughs> give it to our fans anyway. If they have the option of watching Veep or West Wing, what's your recommendation? Oh, West Wing is like sipping a warm beverage and Veep is like taking a shot of Jameson on fire. I think that is the best description. I think that's what we roll with. Thank you very much, Nicole. On next week's episode, we'll be looking at John from Cincinnati. Spoiler alert, it's terrible. And so is Cincinnati. <laughs> Check out our Twitter feed at It's Not TV Pod for further details about our podcast and to connect with our community. And please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. A very special thank you to our producer, Matt Malone. It's Not TV is a production of Bruit Media. <laughs>